Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well. May 5th, 2021. Getting closer to the weekend and Friday. Can't wait for Friday as usual. Everybody knows that. A lot of things to get into. Um, Not only in the NBA... Um, but the NFL's scheduled release is a week away, which promises to be very, very exciting. So I can't wait to uh, see what comes out and what we'll have um, for the NFL 2021 season. Postseasons only for the NBA. Major League Baseball is heating up. Um, more and more things are coming out in terms of the whole European Super League idea and how that may or may not go. Uh, a lot to be uh, discovered and determined for that. And so, uh, today's episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of things. First things first, I'm going to talk about the NBA draft that will, will be taking place this year. Um, even though it's a little bit early for that in terms of the time, but you know, do want to get into some of the prospects and teams that probably will be in the top five looking for a player that can hopefully change their franchise or be a piece a bigger you know one of the pieces to, to like build their teams going forward and then after that I'll get into a couple of individuals that are unique and special on their own journeys and just talk about them and their experience so far um, as there's a lot to learn from what um, all these incredible athletes whether they are veterans of the league or they are young up-and-coming stars of the league uh, there's so much to gain from their um, experiences and learn from what they're trying to um, you know do and create um, in their own respective careers so the NBA 2021 NBA draft uh, is taking place I think in the end of July and as we know you know it's been a very un- it was a very unique and uh, interesting college basketball season in which we saw a lot of these prospects uh, shine early on and especially a lot of them also stepped up big time in the NCAA March Madness tournament which we saw eventually what happened so you know it was all great all around seeing you know Baylor win the championship and along the way we saw many prospect love players improve their draft stock improve their abilities um, and you know Hopefully, the NBA Draft 2021 will give these guys more of an ability to have some pre-workouts with some some teams. Um, That would definitely help a lot of teams in their assessment of of who they want to pick. So looking at it, there are about five names that come to mind um, for the NBA 2021 Draft that will probably be selected first um, in the first round of the NBA Draft. You know... Obviously, number one is Cade Cunningham um, in Oklahoma State, point guard, shooting guard. You know, you got Jalen Green, Evan Mobley from USC, uh, Jalen Suggs, and then you got, you know, Jonathan Kuminga. Now, Kuminga and Green are two prospects that played in the NBA G League, uh, decided to, you know, forego college and go for the NBA G League path which a lot of players 
have the opportunity to do that now more so than before. So those are the names that come to mind um, in terms of the NBA Draft 2021 that should be looked at. Um, now each of these players are unique in their own way. Um, and just looking at the current NBA landscape, you know, the Houston Rockets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Detroit Pistons, the Orlando Magic, Cleveland probably will be the ones in the top five, top six picking. I can also throw in Oklahoma City Thunder in there. So those are teams that are going to be looking for um, some really good players. And I think the ones that come to mind are ones I just mentioned. So, you know, Houston obviously rebuilding. They definitely need to surround their team with weapons. Or I'm saying weapons, but... (laughs) Then Houston Rockets are rebuilding after James Harden pretty much. They need some really solid players to build around what they already have there and it's going to come down to um, how well the Rockets build their like you know their team in terms of like how does Steven Silas and you know the new head coach of the Rockets want to build this team to his liking will the GM Raphael Stone do um, you know that's something to be considered Timberwolves are having an okay year I mean not the best obviously not a losing season um, but Anthony Edwards has shown a lot of promise, so you know who knows they could go in a variety of directions with their draft pick. Uh, you look at the Detroit Pistons; you've seen Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin go. You know, uh, Killian Hayes has some promise there with the, with the Detroit Pistons, but they need a lot more of talent there to succeed and compete in the Eastern Conference. You look at you know. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they have a great young backcourt in Colin Sexton and Darius McGar- uh, McGarland, but they don't have shooters, you know. So, a lot of these teams that I'm mentioning right now, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they've all had very disappointing seasons up to this point, um, but they are going to try to finish strong and, you know, look at the Orlando Magic, who were a playoff team last year to having so many injuries now they are uh, definitely trying to get talent there um, and find a way to get it going you know you do have Cole Anthony there Markel Fultz you know so the Magic may well be in the top five of the NBA draft as well having a selection there so looking at all these players I mean Jalen Suggs obviously stands out um, to some extent because of the way that Gonzaga was this year you know, Jalen Suggs is somebody who, uh, you know, was a huge part of Gonzaga's success, you know, last couple of years. And he is the best point guard, um, I believe, in this year's draft. Now, I'm not, I'm going to get to Kate Cunningham in a second, but, you know, Jalen Suggs is more of a traditional kind of point guard in the sense that he, he's a very explosive scorer. Um, and he can definitely get it done from the arc. The only thing with Jalen Suggs, although, is that can he develop that pass-first kind of ability, you know, to get his teammates involved consistently, you know, is a huge question. But, you know, he would really be a good fit, I think, um, if Minnesota wanted to go that route um, of adding somebody else who can, like, push the ball and, and score, be more of a scoring threat than what they already have on the team. 
Now, Cade Cunningham is the number one prospect in most people's mock draft. Um, to me, Cade Cunningham, I mean, he's 6'8", he's got great versatility as a player, um, obviously playing the point guard and shooting guard position. I mean, he is going to be a great player. Um, and the Houston Rockets, if they were to get the number one overall pick in the draft, I mean, he is somebody that they should seriously consider because, you know, he's explosive. He really stepped up big time in the NCAA tournament, which really helped his draft stock. Uh, he's got great size. He's got great size. Um, obviously, he can score very, very, very well. Um, and I, I think that the biggest thing for him, although, is obviously with the NBA's defenses this year or, like, how the defenses play usually, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of teams try to force Kate Cunningham to go to his right, make him, you know, pull up from his, you know, from the mid-range. And so for him, as you know, he's got great size and great ability. He's very strong. I mean, he's kind of built in a way just like Russell Westbrook. Uh, time will tell, you know, what kind of intensity that uh, that Kate Cunningham brings. But he's very explosive, can get to the hole, can absorb through contact very, very well. And I think that's why he's such an uh appealing choice for the first pick to go first pick to go in the NBA draft because of his great size and great ability which he can defend well really body up and play a lot of positions very very well so look at Suggs and Cade Cunningham and those two I mean one of them could go you know they could go one and two maybe in the draft possibly um it's really hard to pick a clear one over each other but I mean just look at Gonzaga and way that Jalen Suggs was I mean, he's played obviously a little more better competition at times, um, but they both are really unique. And I think that uh, you know whether the Rockets have an early pick, a first pick, or the Timberwolves have the first pick, or even Orlando Magic. I mean, these two players are definitely names to watch. That'll be going up and down the boards for sure. Now, Jalen Green um, is a shooting small forward, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, he played, um, you know, he chose the NBA G League path um, over, you know, other offers from some of the Division One schools. So, you know, he's somebody who has the great kind of feel and passion to be great. Um, he hasn't been able to play a whole lot um, just due to the NBA G League following protocol rules and dealing with those things. But he's very committed. Um, he's got great touch uh, from the floor, and like I said, he plays. I think he plays a shooting uh, guard position, I believe, as well. You know, so he's uh, very, very talented. It's just that he hasn't played a whole lot, and that's true for most of these draft prospects. That some of these players have only played a, a year, and you know, the whole one and done thing has been kind of a trend in the NBA very, very lately, but. You know, Jalen Green, somebody who, uh, you know, is very confident in his shot. He's obviously worked with a lot of his coaches, um, you know, and they have to really consider him in terms of, you know, I think the, I think the Orlando Magic, I was going to say, the Orlando Magic are a team that, you know, they could consider maybe drafting Jalen Green. I mean, they do need shooting out there, and obviously Markel's fault is always in, you know, Fultz has always been hurt or dealing with a lot of injuries. So, you know, the Magic, depending on how they want to build their team with Cole Anthony there, uh, you know, 
they definitely need some scoring, some size, and that would be uh, really good if they went that route um, of adding Jalen Green. Evan Mobley um, is one of the top centers in the draft this year. You know, seven-footer from California as well. Um, he had a very impressive NCAA tournament run with the USC Trojans. Uh, you know, this, his size and his ability to shoot is very, very well. A great rim protector. And, you know, he's somebody that the Rockets could also pursue if they wanted to. Um, and I'm bringing up the Rockets because I know they're probably going to be one of those top picks in the draft. But the Rockets do need players everywhere. And they do have Christian Wood there. Um, which, you know, they may not like to have two of them. But then again, you know, if you could have Christian Wood and Evan Mobley on the Rockets, at least you have something there where your defense could be really, really solid and improve significantly the way that has been this year. So I think that's a name that will keep coming up in the NBA draft. Uh, Mobley obviously uh, can do it all. Can do it all in terms of shooting jumpers and attacking the lane uh he's got a really good uh, feel for the for the for the um for shooting um and being able to like be a dominant player so i think i could definitely see him being a great scorer um and a great power forward in the nba um either power forward or center whichever he plays i think he'll be really really good and finally, that brings me to Jonathan Kuminga, who also played um, in the G League. And he's a small forward, um, not, not Jalen Green. But then again, Jalen Green could play that position if he had to play that position. So looking at Jonathan Kuminga, you know, he's 6'7", uh, went to high school in Hillside, New Jersey. And the biggest thing about him is that he's very, he's very versatile as a defender, um, you know, Raver still has a defender, and he's definitely been able to improve um, over time with his driving ability to, to the basket. So, you know, he's somebody that obviously can match up well, shoot well. He's got the range. He's got to develop a consistent three-point shot. Uh, and I think the Cleveland Cavaliers would be a good spot for him if he was to go early in the draft because uh, the Cavaliers just have had a tough time of being able to shoot and play, get consistent production from their wings. And I think that Kuminga, the way that he's been able to play so far early on, I mean, I think it, it could translate well as long as the Cavaliers develop the him, you know, and get him going. But he's a very interesting player that has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Um, and I think that uh, he is someone whose name is going to be, he's definitely going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, it's not a top 5 pick. So you look at all these prospects. These are just so, they're just you know five names or so that could go right there in the top ten of the NBA draft. Uh, obviously, it comes down to who'll be the number one pick, you know. And that right now to me seems like Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, and I think Evan Mobley are in there. Um, and like I said, some of these teams are continuing to do like a lot of you know extensive work on these guys and do that. But you know the eye test. I mean, Cunningham and Suggs look like two guys who can contribute right away. I think Mobley, depending on the situation that he goes to, may not get enough time yet. But, you know, all these guys are very versatile and special in their own way. And 
it's gonna be exciting to see how they all um, are able to make the transition to the NBA because we know that there's been a lot of prospects um, that even from last year are still kind of finding their way in the NBA season you look at someone like I think Isaac Okoro for the Cleveland Cavaliers they may have him as a shooting four spot you know but you know they probably want to be able to load up and get even better at that spot so there's a lot of teams that may address the same position they did last year um, but that is you know that is the way it works sometimes in the NBA you know you draft a couple of players back to back in the same position um, and you see how they can do so uh, it's going to be more and more discussion about how these prospects match up and how they look um, and uh, the NBA draft is hopefully going to be a little bit more uh, intriguing just based on which teams may uh, you know elect to make some you know interesting picks we, we always see every year in the NBA draft that some teams reach for certain, certain players and some t- players just some teams just wait it out to get to get the best players so we're going to find out a lot about uh, some of these these prospects, their mentality and mindset. Obviously, these are just you know young kids coming into the NBA, um, but hopefully that their transition, their way of the kind of experiences they've had, their journey they had so far, um, hopefully will all be great and unique as they keep building themselves uh, up towards the NBA draft. So it should be something to watch out for, as we know that a lot of teams are going to be. Uh, looking to improve throughout the draft and and in the years past we've seen some teams draft so well and get some hidden gems uh, Seth Curry is a big example of that so you know a lot of these players that are experienced or somewhat experienced it's all about the upside all about the development and all about the coaching so it should be uh, very interesting to see how all of these players that I just mentioned kind of go forward and what do they do to make themselves even better um, so the teams are confident enough in making their draft selection and investment into them. So in this next segment, segment I want to talk about a couple of uh, really uh, special um, and unique individuals that are making their uh, impact um, in a you know their own kind of way and it's obviously great to see um, you know the young and up-and-coming um, athletes be able to get opportunities to excel in their uh, in their field but also to you know do more than than we than we all see so you know obviously competition is great and we all love seeing that from time to time but it's also the kind of journey that shapes this person that makes them so great at uh, what they do and they're all all around a great person not only when they play in the sport but also off the sport so uh, I want to talk about Amy um, Bakerstedt and she is a, a collegiate golfer and she is the very first person or let me just say, let me rephrase. She's the first person uh, with Down syndrome to receive an athletic scholarship uh, for college. So, looking at Amy, um, you know, Bakershet, she is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, she grew up, uh, you know, 
kind of idolizing the game of golf. And I know people probably like golf such a boring sport. These guys don't do anything but to swing clubs and, you know, walk the greens and hit shots and then they get, you know, the low score wins. You know, there's much more that goes into some of these golf players and what they have to do. And so for Amy, you know, Barker, Barkerstead, Barkerstead, she, uh, you know, was looking to get herself um, involved into golf. And, you know, we know that there's been a lot of people throughout history who had certain, you know, intellectual disabilities or mental disabilities. But, you know, like, like the, you know, for example, like, like the Olympics and the Paralympics, we've seen so many great uh, people be able to still live out their journey and come out stronger. And I've mentioned quite a few since I started my podcast about some of the great names that in the Paralympics that have made their journey, have made their careers, like, and overcoming overcoming the unknown. And so, you're looking at Amy, she is currently a sophomore at, I think, Paradise Valley Community College in Phoenix. And, you know, she observed a lot of people for a long time, her teammates playing golf as she competed in some events as well, leading up to when she got that opportunity to compete um, for the National Collegiate, you know, National College Elect Championship at Florida, you know, at, at a country club. So, you know, she obviously dealing with, uh, you know, the down, the down syndrome and being able to still, like, get back and start working towards her dreams is really uh, inspirational and remarkable uh, considering how she had to really uh, you know just kind of watch and observe for a while and then being able to like understand things and process certain things about golf um, you know so you know her whole experience her whole like mindset was I'm going to be able to I want to have purpose I want to overcome and have you know overcome everything with my superpower and her she's very very confident um you know very very confident in herself um and having a purpose and so you know she shared a special moment uh back in 2019 with a pga pga tour player gary uh woodland where she made a a par shot um sure she made she, you know she made made a par shot um, saying I got this, you know, so it was special to see in its own way because you could see the excitement of her first of all of swinging of swinging that golf club You know, she swung that golf club um, And to see her have that moment with a PGA Tour player with Gary Woodland was, was very special and very heartwarming to see because you know, she obviously just you know, putting a, a, a positive uh, face on smiling you know, just wanting to soak it all in, and you know, sometimes we see these athletes, some of these golfers, or these players in any sport, and some of them are going through a lot of different things in their mind. You know, some are excited to be in that spot, some are a little bit nervous. Um, but Amy, you know, being 22, being able to you know work her way up, where she wanted to play golf, get involved into it a little bit. You know, she she first made her first appearance back like in 2019, and then since then she's been able to like work her way and play golf um, 
whether it be at some level at the college level where she's now being able to compete for a championship I think coming up soon enough so you know just seeing her building her her drive to be great and be confident uh, you know that's what it's all about you know it's all about seeing these athletes be able to have their journeys overcoming any kind of circumstances that they are in and being able to do great so you know she's not only working on a degree but she's going to be working towards with her teammates to try to win a championship and getting that athletic scholarship was a huge deal for her and like her family has always supported her a lot giving her like the ability to like go out and you know kind of live her dream of like getting into golf and working on her game and doing all these little things and so they also got a foundation I think it's called I Got This Foundation which is helping provide um, golf instruction and opportunities for people who have you know either uh, you know mental disabilities or intellectual disabilities um, you know and not to mention um, I want to mention one thing like Amy Bakershet started with the Special Olympics and since then she uh, kept going uh, kept going with that trying to expand and have a journey of herself so you know she had that experience at the Special Olympics and then she keep working her way up um, and she's doing well uh, and it's just great I would encourage anybody to watch the video uh, you can search it up Amy Bakershet Gary Woodland uh, very special moment and there's so much more to to what I'm saying about her but she is one of those you know unique individuals that's trying to you know break barriers um, and you know but she is all about finding her purpose and so not only is she playing golf now but he she and her family are having this mission and, and goal in their mind that way we want to be able to like empower other people that have the same kind of sin, con, you know, condition um, that hey you can still go out there be a part of a, of a sport um, and find your own little bit of happiness in it and I think that's what she is doing I hope that she continues to have those kind of moments um, for years to come as she uh, continues her collegiate career collegiate career and then when she finishes uh, through college what she'll be able to do after that sky's the limit for her and now I'm going to transition to another uh, incredible uh, young athlete, and that is uh, Tony Payne, 26 years old from uh, Bridgingham, Alabama. She's 5'4, plays for the Nigerian women's national soccer team and for the Sevilla Falcons. And so, Tony Payne, um, obviously at 26, she's had a very, uh, you know, unique journey uh, so far, you know, starting out at Duke University, I think between 2013 and 2016, um, being able to, uh, you know, be there, obviously her parents wanted her to go to Duke University to get that great education also to pursue, pursue her dream of playing soccer and so you know I think with Duke she had she appeared in about 90 games or so or matches and she had about 23 goals 
she's described as a very dynamic and skilled player in her own unique way. Um, and, you know, she obviously from year to year improved as a player. Um, obviously knowing how it is tough for some soccer players, you know, when they come from another country to come to the U.S. and then go through all those things of fitting in and, and having that kind of culture change. Um, but for her, you know, being there at Duke University and coming from Alabama, she had that mindset that she was going to work towards her goals, be hardworking, um, and she has been able to do great so far in her career. You know, uh, her personalities are very well, and her teammates love how she's able to blend in with them, and, you know, her coaches do talk about her game so well. Uh, you know, she wasn't able to play, actually, in the 2019 Women's World Cup, uh, because during that time, I think she she was thinking along the lines of, you know, she was playing for the United States at the youth level, right, playing at the youth level, uh, um, you know, with the United States, playing soccer and getting herself experience as a player. But she had that kind of calling in her mind that she wanted to go back to Nigeria uh, where, you know, her family grew up and she wanted to play, she wanted to play for Nigeria, for her country. You know, so she overcame that kind of a little bit of disappointment when she couldn't like play in the Women's World Cup due to like the whole whole going and you know, changeover to the citizenship and playing and playing in Nigeria. You know, she really wanted the opportunity to uh, represent her parents and her family in Nigeria. So, you know, so far she's been doing very, very well in her career. I mean, scoring some nice goals getting acclimated, earning the love and trust of the fans there. So she's having a great time. And uh, the biggest thing is she needs to get more and more experience. Obviously, like her father always liked um, soccer. And so she got involved into a very early age. And then when it came to the United States, you know, it was all about she wanted an opportunity to prove herself. And so she went to Duke University, was able to grow as a soccer player, um, and you know, having that great attitude, that great smile, really won over her teammates, her coaches, um, and her work ethic. You know, it was tremendous. And so, you know, when she decided she wanted to kind of come back home and you know play for the Nigerian women's soccer team, you know, she had, uh, she, you know, she pushed herself. She envisioned a lot of things, and so she continues to work at it. Um, you know, she's hoping to have a chance again of playing uh, when the next Women's World Cup comes around. And, you know, really a great scorer, can play well. Um, and she's very intelligent as a, play, as a person on and off, um, you know, soccer. So I think that she's going to do well. Uh, I hope everybody does well. <laughs> I always say that. But, um, you know, for uh, some of these, you know, up-and-coming like stories and athletes like you know like Tony Payne and you know Amy uh, Bakershet it's just really good to see everyone kind of find their purpose and calling and so you know you look at you know Tony Payne and you know playing for you know playing for the Nigeria women team playing for Sevilla FC where she's been able to score goals um, and over time she's really made herself um, better and better, understanding how to play, how to do this, how to do that, um, 
you know, very skilled. Like I said, very skilled in dynamic in which she, she has her her speed and her effectiveness is what is talked about her as a player as of right now. And so she's not only doing that, but you know, she's leading by example. You know, she's inspiring other people in her country to pursue soccer, other young female athletes to pursue soccer, to get involved. Uh, because there's so much, so much you can do, so much you can do, and and I think the amount of friendships, or not the amount, but like the number of kind of friendships she, she's made along the way, the kind of experiences she had while she was at Duke, also helped kind of change her mindset and made her strong-minded to handle, you know, pressure and all those things. So she takes that all in stride. That's what every athlete tries to do: is take all the things that are said about them or not said about them, but just try to like do it for them, do it, do it. Not only for themselves, but like to like set an example and to lead others eventually when they become successful. And so she is a rising star in her own unique way. And you look at Amy uh, Bakershet, she's just getting started. You know, she's not letting anybody like define her with just having Down syndrome. She's trying to show that, you know, I may have this, but I'm going to be able to still play collegiate golf at a high level. I'm going to be able to still compete for a championship. And so you just love seeing the spirit and the attitude that the young, upcoming female athletes have, especially ones who have had different experiences. Obviously, in Tony's case, being able to be a player that's developed over time, you know, wanting to go back home and represent her country, to play soccer and play, you know, and kind of make herself like more up to the idea, like I want to play, you know, from from my family and friends, uh, because I know that can inspire the next generation, and so. Uh, incredible uh, to see how you know these you, you know these two individuals are going about setting um, you know setting themselves and like pushing themselves to be great and you know their journeys and like their their whole journey that they both have had in, in their own unique ways I mean obviously just working hard staying patient having confidence those are all the things that we see in sport at sport athletes today and that's why we've been seeing like over over the, this past year like a lot more people um, are starting to, uh, to understand and appreciate an athlete's mindset um, seeing beyond just what they do on the on the sport level they're seeing what they do to inspire and lead others and the more that we have that the better because it will also give us special moments to remember but also uh, looking back at it we'll be able to you know to really like see how these athletes progress from time to time you know going through that that journey that progress makes them stronger and better in their own unique way and across all sports we're seeing many up-and-coming athletes you know follow in the, in the footsteps of someone or look up to that person and try to carve their own path and that's the biggest thing you want to see is that these athletes making a path for themselves not only in the sport but carving a path so that after the sport, when they, when they finish their playing careers, they can continue to have an impact on the on the you know on the sport, but also like in in entirely the whole society, the whole community, just trying to raise awareness and appreciation for giving everybody opportunities, no matter what condition you are, what, what you're what you're dealing with, giving a platform to people to like go and pursue their dreams in every other sport, baseball, football. Um, all you know, soccer, MMA, all these sports. That's what you want. What you want to see, and I hope that we see more of these stories. 
continue to come out because sharing them and talking about them, you know, keeps that belief that you can be confident, you can be expressive, and you can still fulfill your dreams. It's never late to get started on anything.